There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, hello and welcome to the show. Uh, some stories around today. Lots of stories around today. There's one we're going to focus on in a minute or two. Um, gargantuan China fossils reveal 70-ton dinosaur had a 15-meter neck. <laughs> Such a good photo. Longer than a giraffe. <laughs> but very giraffe-like. I wonder mm. if this particular dinosaur, the can anybody have a go at this? Uh, it's the fourth line down on the story. The Mammacosaurus Sinocanadorum. Well done. That's yeah. about it, isn't yeah, it? That's I think when you see those long ones, if you just slow down, yeah. don't panic. Take you know, um, what do they say? Smooth is slow and slow is fast. It'll come to you. Let the word come to you. Mm. With my uh, mild dyslexia, that that throws me into a wild panic, let me tell you. Uh, mild for mild sea wild sometimes. Anyway, uh, very giraffe-like, that particular dinosaur. Um, th- this goes on um, to, uh, to dinosaurs uh, and to necks and to giraffes. You know, the giraffe has a very long neck, much longer than any other animal. Unless you include birds, which I don't think is fair in my little game in my head because mm. it ruins my point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like ostriches and emus and flamingos and swans. They've all got very long necks, but they're birds. They sort of need them. They're a bit plane-like. It's like planes have long fuselages, otherwise they'll fall out of the sky. They need them to fly. Giraffes need them to eat leaves uh, on hi- high. <laughs> higher trees. Uh, but, you know, one down from a giraffe, as if it doesn't have, have wings, from a proportional neck-to-body ratio... It's, it's like literally giraffes win by a country mile or a you know many giraffes consecutive giraffes necks. There's yeah. nothing comes close. No. Well, there's, I mean, there's a horse, and at Cheltenham, you know, you win by a neck. But yeah. if it was a giraffe racing that they did at Cheltenham, then winning by a neck is actually quite a big win. Oh, by the way, there will be giraffe racing somewhere in the world. We have camel racing at Carfest often. Channel 4 expands Taskmaster Universe with six season renewal and junior version. We'll get onto that story in a moment. Just put that one over there. That's our main story today. Uh, ChatGPT4 aces the bar exam. ChatGPT4 has now been online for just over 24 hours. You have to pay for it. It's sort of $19-ish a month, but it does these amazing things. You can write down on... I did it yesterday. You can write down with, you know, with a pen or on the back of a fag packet or the back of a piece of A4, you know, or the back of your hand. You can write down... Um, come up with just come up with a name, Vassas. Any any name. Any come up with a subject. Any subject you like in the world. Any subject. Go up, quick. Um, Middle Eastern food. Middle Eastern food. All right. And come up with a name, um, Rachel. That just come up with a funky name for a food company. Like Middle uh, Eastern. Bite me. Bite me. So 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 you can write down on the back of your hand in a, with a sharpie. Mm-hmm. Um, please design me a website for what was it again? Middle Eastern food. Middle Eastern food. Um, and I'm going to call it, and I'm going to call it Bite Me. It can be that convoluted. You then take a photograph of what you've just written. You then give that to ChatGPT4. And just as you've pressed send, it has created a whole website for you, interactive, URL, everything, boom, off you go. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, by the way, that's one of the many things it can do. I what mean, about web designers? Exactly. I mean, nowhere near as good as web designers, if web designers listen to the show, good. but that is a thing that it can do. And by the way, that's 4.0. The government apparently have already got 4.5 and 5.0, and China may have like 100.0. Uh, their version of, because mm. I think it's a Microsoft thing, isn't it? 
which explains why Microsoft shares went up yesterday by quite a lot. <laughs> Airbnb offers a stay at World War One bunker in Norfolk for £75 a night. Woman opens one of Britain's smallest shops housed in a former toilet. I do like that. You can buy toilets, can't you? You can buy public toilets. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of underground toilets, Victorian toilets in London that often go up for sale. And um, people buy them. And they usually turn them into coffee shops. It has to be said yeah, on coffee or nightclubs. Or nightclubs. Mm. Um, there's a rotunda for sale just opposite one of the really famous theatres. I think it might be the Garrick. Is the Garrick on Tottenham Court Road at the lower end just by Trafalgar Square? Might be. Just behind Leicester Square. There's a the rotunda for sale there. What's what's a rotunda? Well, it's like a sort of... Um, it's like it's the same shape as a carousel, but it's a little building. Like okay. a hut, like, but a, fa- a fancy like a hut. a round hut. It's not it's hexagonal. More, hexagonal more, more, more often hexagonal. Okay. This one is anyway. Been for it's not pages. in the middle of a roundabout. It sort of is. Okay. Yeah. So access could be... Yeah, no, absolutely. It used to be a ticket office. It used to be a ticket... Uh, okay. you know, all those things. Tom Cruise skips Oscars to celebrate Michael Caine's birthday. Michael Caine is 90. He celebrated it at the River Cafe, his favourite restaurant. He's got his apartment still there, just by there. Been to that apartment. Shakira was there with him. Some friends were there. Denise Welsh was there. She got up, uh, told some <laughs> some pretty decent gags, one of which, have you, have you read it? No. Oh, it's not for this show. Um, in the paper today, uh, David Williams was there, but also Tom Cruise was there. And there's a picture of Tom Cruise, who's 60-odd, looks 20-odd, mm. and Michael Caine, who was 90, because it's his 90th birthday, looking very blimmin' well for 90. Yeah. And isn't it great that they're together, celebrating together, two absolute movie legends. French Bulldog becomes top US dog breed, literally the top dog. Um, adults hit their fitness peak at 45. Well, um, oh. for some, perhaps, uh, you know, I'm looking at 65 for my fitness peak. I feel great at the moment. Mm. I feel great. Do you feel good? Yeah, you've started doing weight training, haven't you? Little bits. And bits how's and that? Yeah, it's good. I mean, not much, to be honest. I'm only doing it because I can't run, because of my um, mm. bulging disc. Uh, I'm running once a week at weekends for my long run and I'm just not running at all. I'm cycling a lot because it has no effect on my disc and I love cycling. So I've got more strength in my legs than ever before. So again, silver lining. Look look for the silver linings. Uh, the weight training is interesting. I'm going very, very heavy with low reps because yeah. I don't want to build bulk. I'm much interested in building bulk. And just make sure you obviously do the right... Um, I do it with the physio, yeah. don't worry. Good. She's got my back. Literally, she has my back. How are you feeling fitness-wise? I'm very, very good, yes. I was cycling yesterday because Tom was off school, so we went for a 10K cycle. And I really enjoyed that. I haven't been cycling for ages and I uh, haven't done swimming for a while, but I'd like to get back into that. Uh, yeah, I cycle in every day now because um, I, I cycle back. Usually I just run in and I get the tube back to the car, but now I'm cycling back and forth. And it's great because you don't realise London is downhill towards the river because the river is in the valley. And that's why the river's where it that is. That would make sense. You know, and when I cycle, to work it's mostly downhill and then after the show when I'm buzzing and thinking about the show and what we said and what could have been better and what flew so we must do more of that and then I'm cycling uphill and it basically quiets my mind because after about a minute I'm thinking all I have to think about now is good I can forget about and by the time I get to the car forget about the show and I'm you know it's great, isn't it? Because you, you're back to, to what you need to be for, yeah. for A, the rest of the day for your family, so work's not on your mind, uh, and B, you you are fresh to start again today, which is what this particular show is all about. But talking of cycling, shout out to all pedals. How great are pedals? They're so strong. I spend the whole of my time cycling stood up, and my pedals, they don't even think about wilting or bending. or They're amazing. They're really little, aren't they? Uh, yeah. And, what, uh, are, what are pedals made of? <laughs> they have me. They have A, they have my bog. And B, they have me pushing down on them like Billy. And I'm pulling with my arms because I'm having an arm workout. And I'm, sometimes I'm pulling, sometimes I'm pushing. And I change it and I feel that, you know, sorting my core out. But all the time, these poor little two... Today I really felt for my pedals. I thought, you know, I should just, I should give you a break now. I'm not going to. No. Uh, I should give you a break before you break. But they, they seem fine, these pedals. They've only got a little <laughs> bolt 
yeah. to attach them to the. Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah, I completely see what <laughs> you mean. So, pedals are well so, done. Pedals. pedals are so good at their jobs. <laughs> They're so good. Um, woman opens one of Britain's smallest. Sh- I've done that one. All uh, right. Um, adults hit. They've done that one as well. Okay. So it's back to you. Okay. It's back to you. It's not me. It's him. Check this out. Check this out. Channel Four expands Taskmaster universe with six season renewal and junior version. So I came today. I thought this is this is great. It's great. I'm so pleased for Alex. I'm so pleased for the show. Who doesn't like Taskmaster? If you think you don't like Taskmaster, then you haven't watched it. Because you will like it. It's just great. There's the board game out. It has a very big presence online. It's got its own YouTube channel, you know. And I and it, and the junior versions they've got a junior. They've commissioned a junior version. Thank heaven. You know why that wasn't a, a sort of joint commission in the first place? I don't know, but better late than never. And I'm reading this story. So all that's going on in my head. I'm really pleased. Couldn't be ple- more pleased. No. Could not be more pleased for you. And it's won all the awards. Won BAFTAs. Won this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, you know, to get a sixth season is amazing. Evans, you muppet. It's not a sixth season. It's six more seasons. Nobody in the world, in the world of television now, and I'm talking, I'm talking the biggest stars in the world. I'm talking Harrison Ford with, with Shrinking, his, his new Apple TV Plus show. I'm talking about Ted Lasso and Jason Sudeikis, you know, um, with, uh, with, with the Ted Lasso show. I'm talking about Succession on HBO. I'm talking about Anton Deck. I'm talking about Strictly Come Dancing. Nobody in the world gets a six-series commission. Boom. Bada bada bing. Out of the park, my friend. That's awesome news. It is amazing. It's very exciting. And the Taskmaster theme park. They're going to have their own theme park around the house from where they live. An actual theme park that people go to all day to task the master. <laughs> this is, was this yesterday? Task- well, yeah, this was announced yesterday. The, the six seasons so you knew, and the junior. So you knew about this? Well, I said to Alex... Did we not know this like months ago? And Alex said, yes, but it wasn't official. You weren't supposed to say anything. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't. I mean, that is huge. Because the initial season was, sorry, the initial commission was six episodes, six, sorry, six series anyway. Yeah. This is six more. And how many series did they do on Dave? They did nine on Dave. Nine, six, 15, 21. 21 yeah. series. That is, a sh- that is a hit and a half. Because, you know, if you get if you have a hit show that runs for five... If you have a hit show that runs for three or four years, if you sort yourself out, you know, and you're smart, you're sort of, you know, your mortgage is pretty much sorted out and done, you know, and your reputation's up there and all you can do is ruin it, you know. Or you, if you maintain that kind of thing, you know, that's you're, pretty, you're doing all right, if you, depending on what part of the production you are. Six series. Sorry, you're fine. In a six-year, six series. Unbelievable. 21. You know, because usually what you have a hit show like um, Phil Rosenthal did with Everybody Loves Raymond, and then you have a layoff, and then you can't get arrested. It's really bizarre sometimes. And then you hopefully you get another hit like he has now with Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. You know, so so say you have a big six series hit, then you know you you'd be lucky to get another one in your lifetime. Yeah, but if you don't need one because you have twenty one series of the one show, I mean, does it? It doesn't get any better than that. What's really interesting for me is, and I promise I'll play a song in a minute, but what gets really interesting for me is, Rachel, you said to me the other day, Alex is so busy this year. Well, <laughs> buck, buckle up for the next few because it isn't going to get any less busy. Not what with the theme park. <laughs> I'm very excited about the theme park. Me too. It's not, it's not confirmed. No, it's not confirmed. It's going to happen, though. I wonder where. Have you, is he scouting locations for the theme park? Possibly oh, that's so nobody's busy. Jeez, he's got another valley to look at today. <laughs> oh, I've looked at three valleys this week. 
It's becoming the Simpsons of UK TV. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, by the way, is there? Nope. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, Alex and Gregor becoming the ant and deck of Channel 4. Nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> Oh, my goodness me. Um, Paris Hilton's on the show today. We couldn't be more excited to have Paris on the show. She's written this amazing book. Uh, it's called The Memoir. Rachel and I have read it. Vassas has read it too. It's a gripping read. She's very candid. Um, and um, you, you, you should definitely read it. Um, it's amazing. There's levity in it. There's this picture of the Holy Trinity. A picture so iconic that it had its own 15th anniversary. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty special. Which I, one? Want, I want one of the windscreen um, so do I. sunlight we know blockers. Get, when's your birthday? 29th of May. Oh, get yeah. me one of those. Okay, we'll get I'll you so happy. and Ozzy Nick one because you yeah. have birthday on the same day because yeah. I know he loves... He'll be in the minute. He'll oh, be in he'll the minute. Be in. Connor's going to be in a minute. Alex There'll is going to be They're all going to be in in a minute. Of course they are. Going, oh, you're in early today. No, no. Oh, just, just, you got know. Got up, felt good. Woo-hoo. Love a Thursday. Paris Hilton's in today. Half past eight. Is she? No idea. No, I hadn't heard that. Oh. Um, big news though, isn't it? You you had some a Paris Hilton heads up from where you wouldn't normally expect it yesterday. Yeah, I I, I was told, you know, I was dropping uh, Mary's friend, uh, Marnie, back at her house and her mum went, you've got Paris Hilton on tomorrow. I love people <laughs> tell you as if yeah. you didn't realise. <laughs> But I did. I like you. I didn't realize. I just Paris Hilton is now on my radar. Yesterday wasn't on my radar, and yeah. my goodness me! But I think I'm the only person whose radar she I wasn't on. I want to go on. back and watch the shows. Yeah, I want to go. So her first show was My Simple Life with her pal, and they made that um, when she was 18, 19, 19, and it launched and it had this incredible launch um, viewing attendance, which was 13 million back in the day for a, a reality show. And remember, you know, this wasn't the, the 50th reality show that year. This was like the first ever reality show. You know, I would say the Osbournes as well um, were, were similar, but similar and different, but the beginning of the sort of, the, the sort of carving out of that particular genre. Osborne's Paris Hilton. Definitely, hand in hand, parallel, without question. Um, and it all began. And then the second show, the second show went up. So you had this record um, sort of launch um, uh, viewing figure. And then the week after, it went up. That doesn't happen. You know, it usually goes down a little bit because there's all the publicity around the first bit. It went up and it went up and it went up and it went up. And some people, a lot of my friends were brought up on... Paris Hilton's The Simple Life. And then people who are a bit younger uh, know her for My New Best Friend, which she filmed in London, and they all wanted to be her new best friend. They all wanted to write to her and get on it and be... Mm. I don't know who ended up being her new best friend. Kim Kardashian, who obviously then subsequently also became really, really famous, the most famous person ever in reality TV, I thought she was famous because she was Paris Hilton's makeup artist. Not true. She was her best mate, and Paris just got her a job as a stylist. She decluttered Paris's wardrobe. She did. Which is, which, yeah, imagine way, how much fun would whole, that be? Not the whole of Paris, just Paris Hilton. She was named, by the way, wasn't she, after the Paris Hilton? That is, that is a true story. Anyway, Paris Hilton. If you didn't get this, uh, we're trying to we're trying to convey the fact that she's on the show. It's a really big deal. It's a massive. Tasha said to me last night, "You know, it's huge tomorrow." I said, "No, it's, it's big." She said, no, no, Chris, it's Paris Hilton's on the show. That is massive. 40 million, 40 million social media followers. Nearly as many as Taskmaster. She can only dream. So we're live from the top of the tower. It's um, TFI Thursday, Friday Eve. You can smell the weekend, can't you? Oh, yeah. yes. Everybody's so much more chipper on a Thursday. I mean, pretty upbeat here anyway, got to be said. But, you know, you get downstairs, see the guys in reception and security. There's, it's all different straight off the bat. It's just different on a Thursday, it's don't a you vibe. think? 
and because we start work when we do and we finish when we do um you know we we are now less than 24 hours away from the weekend because we finish at 10 o'clock tomorrow yeah and we were all due to go to cheltenham today weren't we we're gonna uh-huh. we were gonna get on a train and go to cheltenham Very, so st patrick's day tomorrow yeah He's we're gonna wear not, all green we're not going and you know what we don't mind. It's fine. <laughs> it's really fine. It would begin to hurt. I would say but the first pain, the real pain, would be about half three this afternoon, four o'clock, because we'd get there about one. Uh-huh. And it would begin to hurt and haze around half past three, four o'clock. Do you yeah. think so? Mm-hmm. I fully agree. Yeah, but for everybody going to Cheltenham, have a great one. <laughs> Camilla was there yesterday. She looked good, didn't she? Good, good. She looked great. No problem with that at all. How was a, how was a Wednesday day off compared to a Monday day off? How's a two-day week, one day off? So it's difficult to compare because um, I had Tom at home because of the teacher strikes, so it wasn't like it would normally be. No, Tom was a teacher. Yeah, he's very advanced. Excellent. (laughs) But it was actually really nice because we went for a a 10K cycle, but (laughs) it was a very wholesome, like, countryside 10K cycle, but the end destination was a Greg's meal deal. (laughs) Greg's meal deal. Greg's going 24-7, aren't they? Soon you can get beige food 24 hours a day, 365 slash 66 days a year. It's funny. We're so... uh, uh, People who work on this show, you know, we're full of the the P physical exercise metrics, aren't we? Because what you could say as a mum is Tom and I went for a bike ride, but we went for a 10K. Yeah, it was a 10K. And then it was like chicken strips and a donut. Good, 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 good. How long did it take? The cycle. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I said it on my watch for me because it was charging. But I'd say probably like an hour or something. Was it up and down? Yeah, it's hilly round us. Off road? Uh, not off road, but we did this bit around the Pedner Loop, which people will know because it's like it's a circle, so you don't get many cars in it unless they live on it. It's not like a cut through it anywhere, but it's really nicely undulating. And and we saw like rabbits and squirrels and a muntjac, those little deers. There was yeah. one running along the field. It's really sweet. I'm in love with my gravel bike. Yeah, I think I'm so in love what, with what is a bike. gravel bike? The gravel bike looks like a racing bike. So it's got skinny tires? No, it looks like... So the frame looks like a racing bike. So skinny uh, frame. Yeah, uh, no, skinny-ish. It's the same shape, but everything's a bit thicker. It's not heavy because it's made of carbon fibre. Mine is anyway. Well, it's part semi-carbon fibre, carbon fibre forks and things like that. So, so it's a lot lighter than it looks. Okay. Not as light as some, which cost about a million pounds. Yes. Um, but it's got a racing seat. It's got racing handlebars, but they're bigger, they're thicker. The curvy ones. Yeah, but they're thicker. Okay. Um, so there's, there's more generally to hold on to. Um, it looks like, basically, it looks like a racing bike on steroids, to be honest. And it's got much thicker tyres. They're somewhere between uh, sort of um, a mountain bike and a, a road bike. Uh, and you don't inflate them as, um, as much as you would otherwise. So they've got a bit of give in them. Uh, and if you go mostly on road, you can inflate them a bit more. 80 PSI-ish or 70 PSI-ish. I do, I do it by thumb test, to be honest. Uh, but I love it. I think it's just a great bike. And I'm, you know, and I didn't. I bought it because I fell in love with the way it looked. It's got a retro. I'll t- put a picture on Instagram of it. Uh, it had a retro look about it. It was quite Le Mans-y, you know, that kind of livery, stripy, um, retro kind of colours. Um, uh, and I fell in love with it. And then I bought it, and I thought it was sort of just post lockdown. And, you know, Aussie Nick came around one day and he borrowed it and I took it to Carfest and I rode around Carfest on it instead of going in the golf buggies. And it was much quicker, more nimble. And, you know, you can get to place on a bike that you can't, especially that bike, you know, especially at a festival. And it was just good. It was just really, really good. And people didn't expect me to a bike, so they didn't stop me so much. But then since then, I hadn't used it so much, but since I've hurt my back, you know, and cycling a lot more, it's, Tasha's been going on these long runs on a Saturday and I've been sort of cycling alongside her but then going off on doing loops and things like that and I just I you know when you something something is really good for you you love it so much don't you 
and with me... That's why I love my wife so much, because yeah. she's so good for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm so in love with her, because she's so good for me. <laughs> I had a bit of a race with a with a proper bike this morning on the King's Road. Um, I overtook... It was, you know, one of those really slick black, you know, costs like million pounds sort of bikes. Um, and I overtook him and then I knew he was going to try and overtake me back and he did. And then I thought, well, I'm not having that. And it was one of those. Is it a bike rage? No, it's just a little bit of, it's a little bit of too much testosterone probably at, at five o'clock in the morning on, on the New King's Road. You wish. <laughs> yes, I do wish. <laughs> We've had our... <laughs> not enough This is such a yellow character conversation. <laughs> We've had our testosterone levels checked and they, yeah, they are subterranean. They're through the floor. Um, so what the heck was that I about? don't know what it was. But anyway, <laughs> it's like if you overtake someone on a bike and they try and overtake you back, it's sort of like a declaration of war. And I just thought, well, I'm not having that. What a beautiful way to start your Thursday. Yeah, I it know. Was, but it was, no, but it was fun. I had a smile on my face and I think he did too. Anyway, he went off. Thanks. Anyway, there's that bike. Grimace. There's that bike. And I thought, would I... I like to have that bike because it's obviously worth all of the money and it was a beautiful bike and I was on my Brompton. Um, and then I thought, no, because I don't like I don't like how it looks. For me, with a bike, it's very much how it looks. And your bike with the blue and the little um, yellow and orange stripes around the, uh, the, the top bar, it's so beautiful. I would just look at it and just think, I'm just happy to be on this bike because I'm very um, superficial with bikes. It's just how it looks. So just superficial with bikes then? Okay, I'm just superficial. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful Brompton. Where'd you get your Brompton from? You gave me my Brompton. Oh, I love right, it yeah. very, Thank much. very much. Thank you. Uh, I'm currently travelling to the airport with Dave, Freddie, and Susie to fly to Lanzarote for the half Ironman and Tri Camp. Good luck, everyone. First time texter here. First time texter bell. You get your beep anyway for free, and you get your bell if you're a first time texter. A um, couple more here. Love in the 80 says Lisa in Richmond. Please can you say hi to Paul and the engineering buddies? Yes, I can. Give them a beep on us. Uh, hello, Chris, Vass, Rachel and the team. My wife, Corinne and I are up extra early today. Travel to Devon, which means navigating the A303 at Stonehenge during rush hour. What do you mean navigating? Mm. <laughs> you know, point forward. You just, yeah. you just don't, forward. don't turn off it. First gear. <laughs> Take a flask. <laughs> I know what you mean. You could have said surviving, sustaining, mm. um, withstanding, but navigating is definitely the wrong word. Mind you, yes. mind you, there is a bit of a, uh, uh, a funny cut through. You go round the back. So if, if, you, if you were going to pass Stonehenge on your right, which you are, mm. having, heading down to Devon, turn right roundabout beforehand yeah. and turn left then and and you miss all of the traffic yeah if you're in a rush to get to devon but who's in a rush to get to devon you know if you're in a rush to Karina's get to devon is a bit no you're not in a no. rush because the whole point is it doesn't matter how long it takes to get to somewhere like that you just look she says here we got drinks and snacks just in case we're stranded they're ready for the strand <laughs> okay. they want they want, they the, want strand. the strand she got snacks i turn right and left right and left well, right, then left, and then you avoid it all. And it's country lanes. Hang on a minute. Better. It's a better road. Look. Oh, why am I going down this <laughs> cul-de-sac with him? I'm going to go down it, Rachel. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. Okay. If you're on the A303 and you're heading south, mm -hmm. and you don't, you've, you've, you want to expedite your journey by a, min, by a second, a millisecond, right? Mm -hmm. If you turn right, yeah. and then you turn left, you're going to have to turn left again, mate. Yes. You didn't say that. You just said turn right and turn left. It, yeah, OK, and then turn left again. OK, great. <laughs> well, if you're going to give the directions, give the directions. Don't get exasperated with me going, yeah, you missed that turn. <laughs> but once you're turning right and left, you're, yeah. you're on the right track Why anyway. Are you so bothered, right, yeah. about speed 
you know, out on the road this morning, beating that bloke on the bike, mm-hmm. right? Expediting a journey down to Devon when all you ever do on the show is slow it down. <laughs> Why is it the opposite here to the rest of your life? <laughs> That's what I want to know. This show needs a bit of slowy downy vassiness sometimes. No, we see this because you're in such a rush for the rest of your life. You come and go, oh, I'm going to go to the show for a slow down. <laughs> it's like, like well, you have refuel. a bath. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, don't think I've forgotten about Taskmaster, Rachel. So, Taskmaster, recommissioned for six more seasons yeah. on Channel 4. Awesome. The brand new junior Taskmaster, which is currently casting, which is very exciting because they're looking for a junior Alex and a junior Greg, which mm-hmm. is brilliant. And, and I'd love to know who they're seeing because you think, who do I know that could do that? And you think, no, because they're probably too old. Because to us, younger people are still old to really young people and to kids. Um, so have you garnered some... Um, guidance from your children, who they might like to see host Taskmaster Junior. No, I don't think he's asked our kids. Well, our that, kids, are, excuse me, yeah. that might be an idea. Yeah, but weirdly, our children don't watch the program because they find it too weird that Daddy's on it. No, I know that, but that's that has nothing to do okay. with what we're talking about because it's a whole brand new entity. They will yeah. know who they like, won't they, on YouTube True. or well, yeah. get Mr Beast to host it. Mr. Beast says Yeah, it. no, I mean, you that get, would like, be amazing. A, a billion viewers. It'll be the biggest <laughs> that debut. That was one of, of the sh- only other times that my other kids have been impressed by Alex was when Mr. Beast commented on, on the Taskmaster YouTube channel. Well, Mr. Beast is very Taskmastery anyway, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. You know, Mr. Beast, is, he seems like a wonderful human being, Mr. Beast. He does seem to be. Yeah, because you think of the name, that, oh, I don't yeah. want my kids watching Mr. Beast, and then he turns out to be really charitable, yeah. really friendly, really joyous. Fun and silly. Yeah, very, ta- very Alex. Yep. Is Alex our Mr. Beast? <laughs> He's my Mr. Beast. <laughs> oh, that's a whole different show. <laughs> Kids listening. <laughs> By the way, you should have seen the expression on her face. Yours. <laughs> you should have seen the look. <laughs> Buckle up, Alex. She's coming home after ten. No, Nicholas Martin. He would normally, usually, just be about to set off for school at 5 to 8, his regular commute across the bridge in Marlefonia. But, of course, today he's homeschooling with his pals uh, because it's strike day two, even though strike day one was um, not as striking as the kids would have liked because they still went to school and they missed out on a few lessons, but not all lessons, but they were still sort of there-ish. Um, no, if you're listening, you're he's doing this a lot now. It's really getting on my nerves. Every time we post anything with Noah on my Insta, it gets like a ridiculous amount of hits. So today's throwback Thursday for TFI. Friday, Noah, is you interviewing in conversation with Justin Bieber, Echo 7's TFI, at Virgin Radio UK. And you have more hits um, in the last hour than any video I've posted ever. Mm. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Noah. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. It's really it's cool. Actually, it's cool for very many reasons. A, Noah's cool. B, Justin Bieber's cool. And C, I love how you're looking at Noah with such pride, but also a little bit of trepidation. Absolutely. Well, he's live on Channel yeah. 4. He's like, oh, what's he going to say? He's going to get it right. I don't know what's going to happen. Ah! And Justin Bieber, he's, he's, he's wearing what looks like a hazmat suit because he's just slid down. The, do you remember the slide we had? Yes. We had the slip and slide. And that's how guests used to get on the show sometimes for a week or two till we didn't find it funny anymore. <laughs> um, Justin Bieber only agreed to come on the show because he'd seen the slip and slide. <laughs> and he came on the slip yeah. and slide. And then we did the paw painting. Do you remember we did the paw painting with oh, him? Yes, yes. And uh, I still have the boots that have all this 
this paint over them, this like multicolored uh, splatter paint, which looks cool. It looks like some manufacturers has come up with some shabby chic, you know, well, let's splatter some paint on some boots and sell them for loads of money. But actually, that was just the Bieber that splattered the boots. That would be cool, isn't it? I mean, well, I like your boots. Where did you get them? Well, I got them there, and then the paint is Justin Bieber. Yes. Boots by Justin. Mm. That's what they are. Bieber boots. <laughs> Paul and Chesterfield. Gravel bikes are just great. Now I just need some nice wide mudguards to keep me clean on my commute through the park. You can have the mudguards. I got the option to go with the mudguards. I like the, I like the mud up the back. You know, it, you know, it's evidence that you've been out there. You've been on it. You've been tearing it up. You've been giving it all the beans. But of course, if you're on your way to work, I get it. They, they do ruin the look, though, of the bike. I don't mind a flying mudguard rather than the ones that go all the way around the wheels. I, I think, think the ones around the wheels are a bit... I think the know. flying mudguard is like, it's more like a, it's, it's, it's like a, um, a spreader. It just makes things, it accentuates the mud. No, it doesn't. They're really good. So why do they ever do bother with the big ones if the flying mudguards are so cool? Then? I don't know. I think I've only ever had a flying mudguard and I've never had mud at the well, back. Well, maybe maybe I've not put mine on right. Maybe I'm the the mm. the too fly. <laughs> well, not not fly. I don't know. Anyway, good luck with your gravel bike. Good luck with cycling. Big big fun. New new fan of cycling. David in Birmingham. I watched Taskmaster for the very first time last night and catch up, and I loved it. I don't know why. I'd never seen it before. I'm very pleased to hear there's going to be six more series and probably more even after that. You know, and Junior Taskmaster, which has never been on before because they haven't made one yet. They're casting it at the moment. That could run forever. Because it's so, you know, in such a digital age, you know, you need all the analogue fun you can get. And it's all about the analogue, isn't it? It's all about things, kids figuring things out for themselves. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I couldn't be more pleased and jealous. Hello, Chris and the gang. Here's an idea. Alex and Rachel should launch a Taskmaster jumpsuit. Susie in Cornwall. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's in the pipeline. Mm. I'm sure there's like all the Taskmaster elves, wherever they are, you know, an Elon Musk kind of sunken city. Because <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Alex has got it. He's got it. He's so clever into Cambridge. He's so clever. It's like when when um, people who are doctors or dentists give it up and, and get into real estate. You know, it's, it's not difficult to flip a property. You know, other people who aren't perhaps that intelligent seem to make a very good business of it. You apply a scientific brain to something like that, they all become gazillionaires. My mate did it. He was an optician. And then he, his his brother, he said, can, can you fund the purchase of this flat? He said, well, you, what do you want a flat for? He said, well, we're going to sell it. He said, okay, well, as long as it's going to have halves of the divvy. Then they gave that up and they, now they own half of Panama, which I don't know. It's another story. But it's true. It's a true story. And Alex is the same yeah. when it comes to entertainment. Which half of Panama? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what shape Panama is. I wish I did. Oh, we watched um, uh, somebody feed Phil yesterday. Oh, from Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. By the way, the one I couldn't remember was Philadelphia. How does Rio match up to Philly? Well, you don't comparison is a thief of all joy. And that's, I know, but you that's, know, not, no, which is better. Come on. But what do you know? What how, what? how does it match up to? Match competition. Better winner. <laughs> okay, what are you which, talking about? Which is better? I'm not Rio saying which is better. I'm not saying which is better. Rio or Philly? Rio. What does Rio de Janeiro mean? Um, but the Rio Grande is the something big. So river, maybe river of Janeiro. Janeiro's river. Um, Janeiro's January. So ja it's actually called the January River because when the Portuguese settled there um, in 1502, um, then that's what happened. Uh, what is the national drink of Brazil? Uh, mojito. Do you think if you say it with that weird H, yeah, that I might be convinced that you're right? Yes, that's straight from your. That's straight from the yellow. Oh no, book. we had one. We had one at the rap party for the Olympics. Oh no, they're they're oh they're really vicious. 
Cape Parada or something. Cape, Cape, it begins with a, like a Cape Caprinia. Caprinia. Like yeah, that. Caprinia. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Correct. And there was um, a, there was a pandemic in Brazil, and they reckon that the Caprinia was key to people surviving because of the vitamin C. Because it's all lime, isn't it? Lime mm -hmm. and lemon, I think. Lots of lime and lemon, so that was very good. Then there's another constituent of it, um, but then there's the alcohol, which killed off. Yes. Lots of things, Mostly the full alcohol. Of alcohol. <laughs> anyway, uh, somebody feed Phil. Still doing great business on Netflix. That's been recommissioned too. Big intro for Paris Hilton. Off you go, Vassos. We'll always have a guest on this show who's such a worldwide super celebrity. Everybody knows her. We'll always have a guest with 40 million followers on social media who says that's hot. A lot. Her astonishing autobiography, The Memoir, is out now. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll always have Paris Hilton. Good morning, Paris. Morning. How are you doing? Here she comes. Welcome, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Just oh, arrived. my goodness me. Last you night. are amazing. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Congratulations on an amazing book. We've all read it. We're blown away by it. Thank you. It wasn't the book we expected. Um, but we didn't know what we expected, just not. This is so candid. It's so... Uh, you. It feels like you, you, you're so uh, free when you're writing it. Was Did you set off to write the book that this has ended up being? It was just a whole path of self-discovery. And ever since my documentary, This Is Paris, I've really just been on this path. And I just felt that it was time just to tell my true story since the media has written my narrative for the past two decades and it wasn't really who I was. Um, let's talk, start off with a, a bit of light. Uh, we'll go to the dark. We'll go everywhere uh, for what we have <laughs> time for. It has it all. It has it all. First of all, uh, one of the heroes of the book, and there are many, Graham Cracker. Yes. Tell us about her. Graham Cracker is my grandmother. She passed away from breast cancer and I miss her so much, but she was such a force of nature and just such like a brilliant, empowered woman. And she's always my inspiration since I was a little girl. Um, how did she look after you? What did you learn from her? I just learned so many things, how to be confident, how to really just be a good person, how to paint. She was very artistic. Um, I love when you talk about um, getting a job. You fancied getting a job, and um, you and your pal were talking about modelling. And your mum and dad said, "Yeah, it's great to get a job." And then you said that you let them know what was on your mind, and they said, "No, no, we meant babysitting." <laughs> How did that go? Yeah, my parents were very strict. They didn't want my sister and I in the modelling world. We moved to New York, so when we asked for a job, I was like, "I'm not really into babysitting." It's more fun on the runway. And how long was it from that moment before you actually uh, were paid for modelling? So was it a good few years after that? No, I actually just went behind her back and went into this, all these different modelling agencies and started walking in the shows and shooting campaigns. So I just did it on my own without okay. asking. Um, let's talk about um, one of the many chapters which were such a revelation for all of us reading it and we were so admiring of the fact that you went there and it seems that you gathered um, confidence is the wrong word but as, as you wrote more you thought no this feels right I've got to carry on with this narrative um, there's a chapter where it begins and as you read as one's reading it you think, okay, this is the beginning of a kidnapping, which is what you thought at the time. Can you speak to the beginning of the, this few chapters, if you don't mind? Well, when I was 16, I was sneaking out and getting bad grades and 
my parents sent me to this boarding school and one of the ways that they send kids there is these people called transporters. So they came in my room at 4.30 in the morning and said, do you want to go the easy way or the hard way, holding up handcuffs? And then that's when they brought me to this string of like boarding schools, which I wouldn't even call them schools because they were just the most traumatic and abusive places I've ever experienced. And you were warned about, um, you know, the potential of, of being kidnapped anyway by your mum and dad. And your mum and dad were in the house at the time and you thought you were being kidnapped. Yes, I thought I was. I for no for ransom. I had no idea what was happening. It was just such a scary situation. Okay, and then on from there, you know, this was only the beginning of the nightmare, wasn't it? Yes. Um, can you sort of, you know, obviously we want people to, to read the book, but can you give us, uh, can you frame what the narrative of what happened over the next two years? Well, it's all very detailed in the book, but this, basically the shorter answer of it is my parents thought they were sending me to a normal boarding school. These places are extremely abusive. I kept running away. Um, in the book, I talk about just so many stories of escaping these places. And um, I spent two years of my life in these places and one at Provo Canyon School for 11 months. I didn't see sunlight or breathe fresh air for that the whole time. And it was just extremely traumatic every single day. And I couldn't tell my parents because any time I tried to, they would immediately grab the phone and take away my phone privileges and tell my parents that I was lying. And this is all part of the cell of these schools? Yes. So-called schools? These places, they're still around. There's thousands of them now. It's turned into a multi-billion dollar industry and hundreds of thousands of children a year are getting sent to these places. Hundreds of children have died and people had no idea what was happening until I started telling my story and more survivors came through and felt comfortable enough to be believed. So they're missold to the parents. The, pre the parents are sort of pre-brainwashed. Yes. Or gaslit, if you like. They have such deceptive marketing. They have these brochures with smiling kids and rainbows and it looks like you're going to be riding a horse and they have no idea what's happening once you get inside there. And it's easy for them to say because they're like, oh, your child is lying to you. They're already getting in trouble. Why would you believe them? You're going to believe an adult that's watching over them. So it's kind of the perfect storm for these people to get away with it. So they missell uh, what, what's on offer to, to the mums and the dads or the guardians or whoever's thinking about putting their kids through this crazy process. And then they pre-warn the same parents that these are the stories you will then get back from your kid. And by the way, this is a playbook that the kids go through and it's all fantasy, it's all made up. So really, they've, they, it's, it's, you know, they, they, they've got you sort of done and dusted before you even are kidnapped from your own home. Yes, they have calls with the families. They send in all these different just letters explaining what's going to happen. Your kid's going to say they're being abused. Basically, everything they're doing in there, they're warning the parents that it's all the lies. The kids are going to make it up. Yes. So how many times, I mean, you know, as the as time is a great healer and you talk about the, being a little Houdini, don't you, about the fact that you escaped <laughs> several times. Can you just give us a speak to those, a few of those escapes, if you don't mind? Because they were genuine escapes. Yes. Um, like from prison it was, or worse. It felt like you were in prison. These places are so dehumanizing the way that they treat you. And I would just escape through mountains on Greyhound buses for days at a time. Um, and again, the jumping. school had this sort of sealed up because they talked to the cops and they said, oh, another one of those crazy kids has escaped. So even the cops didn't know. Everyone's in on it. All the people who live around the schools, the cops. Oh, they are in on they're, it. They're getting paid if they find right. the kids. So it's just this whole 
it's really just messed up just what's happening in the this more, industry. Vassas was saying the same thing. Rachel was say, saying the same thing. The more we, because we get up really early. So like, you know, half past three, four o'clock in the afternoon, we feel like we're on drugs anyway, you know. And we were reading the book yesterday thinking, you know, chapter after chapter, we had to keep checking whether this was like, you know, a, a plot of a film that you were in. or you. And it's like, this was your life. This was, cr it's, it's insane. It's insane. I know. I read Probably it. Properly insane. I, I can't believe that I've survived but it. you did it. I'm you a got, badass. You, got through, you are a badass. <laughs> and, then, and then, so so if you look at what happened after that, when you mm -hmm. finally escaped, you know, and your mum and dad still didn't really believe you, did they, for, for ages and ages and ages. Yeah. Um, and then and then you, you look at the, the success um, that you enjoyed. You, you, I suddenly understood why you were so joyful, because you'd had it so awful. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of the people that work on the show my wife as well friends of mine lots of gay friends of mine they love you you know and I said I said to them I wanted to know why you know and they said and a lot of people say that I don't know she just has something you know she always had something she just connects with me my little boy who is 10 saw me reading this book last night and um, he never comments on books that I read and he wears dresses and he's into theater and school he, he heals he's into the lot he loves it and he he said last night he came in my bedroom to, to kiss me good night and he said who's that <laughs> and I said she's called Paris Hilton he said she's beautiful and he couldn't take and yeah and it's only a picture but you had the, it was the beginning of the connection that I've experienced so many times over the last 24 hours. And so you have this aura about you. It's amazing what can be conveyed if there's a depth to it, even if people aren't aware of it. Thank you. I'm like going to cry. That's so sweet. And I just want to say hi to your son. Eli. He, hi, Eli. He's going to be at school. I'll play this. But oh, my goodness me. <laughs> he's going to be so he's, he's your new biggest fan. I love him. Um, if you were remaking uh, My New Best Friend, he would be up yes. for it. Okay, let's talk about... Let's talk about um, the TV shows. Let's talk about um, uh, your first TV show, My Simple Life, um, which was it the foundation stone for reality TV? I talk about your show quite a lot and I talk about the Osbournes because they were both similar but representing different sort of um, ends of the reality TV genre. Mm -hmm. um, how did it come about? Uh, it was an instant hit. Of course it was. Um, tell us more. Well, Fox contacted me and said, we want to do a show that's like Green Acres meets Clueless. We want you to play this kind of blonde airhead. Nicole, you be the troublemaker. You guys are going to go. We're not telling you where, but it's going to be in the middle of nowhere. And you guys are going to live the simple life. So this is Nicole Ritchie? Yes. Okay. And so we had no idea what we were getting into. This was like the beginning of reality television. And they knew about you because of your modeling and because of your partying and things like that? Yes, just... I doing shoots with David LaChapelle for Vanity Fair and Vogue and was all the runway shows. So I was good, a socialite in New York. How good was then. he, by the way, David LaChapelle? Oh, my God. The best He's incredible. Ever. He's such a legend. Yeah. He's the one I really attribute my career to because he. I was working with him since I was 17 years old and he was just such an inspiration. He was the firestarter for the firestarter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, sorry, I interrupted. I love him. So please, please continue about the show. And we just had to basically continue season after season and playing this character so the whole world assumed that's who I really was. And there was um, the, the, the initial launch was like 
off the char- charts, wasn't it? The we had show like one. 13 and a half million, million viewers which first is, night. Which was massive. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about the genre. Yes. And then the week after, I mean, something happened in between uh, and yeah. around that. But the week after, the viewing figures went up. Mm-hmm. Which And that's when you know you got a hit. Yes. If, if number one is, is if show number one has a sizzling audience figure, then that's fine. It's great. The series has a chance. Show two is higher than one. It's like, all bets are off. What did it feel like? What was it? What, what was the experience of that? It was just so exciting. I, that show, I'm so proud of. I love that it's so timeless, and people are still enjoying it today. And I cannot believe it's about to be the 20 year anniversary in December. <laughs> Nicole and I were just talking about that the other day. It's just insane that it's been that many years since it started. Isn't it interesting when you get to an age because you're in your early 40s now, aren't you? And you get to an age when you get the first time round again because there's nostalgia happens for the first time to many people including yourself and the viewers and your fans and you get to live it again with a bit of perspective and it's almost better mm-hmm. would you say yeah definitely okay <laughs> um early on in the book is uh, party tips there's only three that you need number one stay hydrated number two stay pretty Uh, tipsy can be cute but drunk is gross number three wear boots like good sturdy platform boots and comfortable clothes so you can dance all night and easily climb in and out of our windows and over fences as needed Um, is that reverse engineering that strategy is that what you realised or was that from from the off from the get go that was yeah that was probably from what I experienced as a teenager just learning that way um, talking about anniversaries tell us about the Holy Trinity photo it's in the book it's a great part of the book it's an amazing part of the book the Holy Trinity photo how it happened and the fact that you know a photo is iconic when it gets its own anniversary over to you Paris Hilton <laughs> that was just a night out Brittany and I were over at the Beverly Hills Hotel at our friend's after party and we were bored so we literally jumped out a window snuck out and then when we got out there was just a hordes of paparazzi and then we got in the car and then Lindsay started walking over and then we all were in the car together. And the reason it was, I mean, you know, when the stars align, because they do align, don't they? You know, and if you do the right things, hopefully the right things happen more often than not. Um, and so you had a two-seater. It was a very flash car, very gorgeous car. Yes. And it was the fact that it was a two-seater that ended up as one of the chief ingredients of making the photograph iconic. So so what, what happened? Who was climbing over who? Or It was me... Brittany in the middle, and then Lindsay. So, and Lindsay, so, so I see. So, so Brittany gets in, so she's already in the middle. She's already on the jump seat, as it were. Yeah. Well, we were just riding before, just, we w- went there together, the two of us, and then we left with the three of you us. You like the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, you know, they often say that the reason the Beatles were so successful is because there were four, mem- four, four guys who got together who could have had their own band, but decided to have be in the same band so you had four band leaders in the band is that how it felt with Lindsay and Brittany it didn't feel it just felt like another night out in LA and then the next morning (laughs) this was our life back in LA this was just how it was and it was then the next morning just to see it plastered everywhere I was like what this is just us going home wasn't that big of a deal but 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 you realized it was a big deal well after but in the time of it happening now just another night out how crazy was it so you, are you in the hills are you above sunset is this what we're talking about you're around that area i now i don't live there no because, but then, then yes okay so because it's not it's, it's it's a stroll down to sunset isn't it to yes the i used to live right on king's road which was literally a few blocks from sunset right. and um and how i mean was it every night did you have nights off or i used to go out so much <laughs> i am such like a homebody now i don't even know how i used to go out so much but i loved the nightlife i lived for it and now, like, I 
won't go unless I'm working. If I'm DJing, I'll be there. But other than that, I would so much rather be home with my baby no, and my I husband. I get it. I get it. I get it. I just, <laughs> like an introvert now. No, I, we, did the same. we did the same thing. We had this big TV show in the 90s. We went out all week and then we stopped for an hour, did the show and then did it all again for another six days and 23 hours. You know, it was, it was exactly the same. Oh, London used to be so much fun back in the day. Tell us about partying in London, then. Oh, it was just so much fun. I remember Wednesdays at China White were just epic. Um, we used to go to, what was that underground? Cabaret. Um, Not Madame Jojo's, was it? On Tramps. Thursdays, this was like 20-something years ago. Did you ever go to Atlantic Bar? Were you around for that? And no. Ten rooms and things like that? China White was just after those. China White sort of took over. Yeah, that place was so cool. Yeah, so super it. cool. Mm-hmm. Rachel. You have always been a trailblazer at Paris, but you, you now are so into tech. You're really into NFTs. Like, what was the appeal for non-fungible tokens? I've just always been an undercover nerd, and I've always just been obsessed with technology. And I actually did my first NFT back in 2019, and this was for the Australia fires. Um, this is before anyone was talking about them. And then I just saw the power in them, how artists could really take back their control and it really just got rid of a lot of the gatekeepers and just being able to discover all these new artists and really have a platform and a voice for them. And now I've just been developing worlds inside of Roblox and Sandbox and all these metaverses and doing digital wearables and it's just exciting and fun. And you just you just always find the next thing exciting, don't you? You are just moving and grooving because you know that life is fluid and the more fluent you are and accept, accepting of that and we're only here once and just get on with it. I feel, yeah, you all, life is short, make the most of it. I'm an Aquarius, I'm a very creative person. Also with my ADHD, I'm constantly just thinking of ideas and thinking outside the box and being yeah. a risk taker and You talk about it. that a lot, ADHD. Eli is an HDA brother or sister and or mm-hmm. sister it's of yours. It's a superpower. It is a superpower and it's it's now uh, taught us that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There are people, because Eli's the same, just, you know, he, he was... Um, you know, we sent him to school. Of course, we did because that's the law. Otherwise, you get arrested. Um, you should get arrested depending on which schools you send your kids to, anyhow. Yeah. And that's that's a narrative of the book. But we sent him to school to do something he wasn't he wasn't able to do: sit still and write and read. He couldn't do those things. Yeah. So people call uh, used to refer to those as lifting, uh, learning difficulties. We call them learning differences. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he has to express himself differently. And so it comes out as song and dance and energy. I arrived home yesterday from work. We have a bridge near us across the river and I was arriving home I was about to turn into our house and Eli was coming home from school and he couldn't see me right and so it's interesting to see people you know and love when they they don't know you're watching mm-hmm. and he was coming across the bridge and he was skipping he was on his own he was skipping and cheering laughing and singing oh, over the bridge and I thought there you go that, bottle some of that and sell it you know that's the thing is that we you, it's energy as well isn't it, it? really is it's energy blessed. and Back when I was a teenager, no one was talking about ADHD. So did you know when did were you diagnosed? I didn't know till I was twenty. Right. So I just thought I can't concentrate. I, I have no attention span. I'm getting all these bad grades, but I, I don't know. I just couldn't sit still. I just needed to be isn't doing it, things. Isn't it, your legs toughening yeah. even now, isn't it? You got the thing going on. Uh, I love it. I love the fact. It's so it's so interesting. It's such a great tell. It's not a bad tell. It's a good tell. You know, I see it a lot when we're interviewing people. I think, ah, oh, you know, when people are, and that's that whole thing. You know. They couldn't concentrate. Oh, he found it. She found it difficult to concentrate as a child. Like that's like concentration is the gold medal. Well, why does one have to concentrate ever as a human being unless your life depends on it or somebody else's life? You know, why is concentrating, you know, oh, finds it difficult to focus? Good. 
<laughs> Finds it easy to focus. Really? Oh, you need to worry about that. That's You sort of flip it, don't you? 100. I think you should also watch with Eli this movie. It's a documentary called The Disruptors. Right. And it's all about ADHD and so many people in the industry who have it who are such brilliant business and so successful and they've really harnessed the superpower and you talk about it in the book don't you yes and you you reference marilyn monroe a few times in the book as well and she has that great quote about don't have regrets you know and because regrets you can interpret them and beat yourself up and get into a negative thought loop of of saying that they are mistakes you know um okay well they might be mistakes but if you don't make mistakes you're not trying hard enough um when did you first feel an affinity with marilyn monroe Ever since I was a little girl, I just thought she was so beautiful and had this fairly sweet innocence about her. And I could tell that there was a lot more to her than what was put out there. Okay. Have you learned from her wisdom? I just have learned just how her aura was and her character. She just, and after studying and seeing just so much that she went through, there was just, she had a lot of pain inside and she was playing a character and I think that's what a lot of people do when they have trauma. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vassos. Well, Paris, I was reading your book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I sort of had to keep pinching myself. That, did I just make all this up in my head? And then and I thought, she, she's brilliant. She's a total bad. And then you totally clicked into badassness when you're being... We, you talk about those schools where you're being, you know, you're basically being kidnapped to take... But they had you in handcuffs, taking you through aeroplanes and airports. And at one stage you said, look, can you just take the handcuffs off? Um, because I need to go to the loo, right? And there's this awful couple who are, who are you know, taking you to this to this school where you clearly don't want to go. And you think, well, she's she comes into the loo with you, she's right outside, and then you say something like, here's the thing about dancing in nightclubs. It's perfect training for this moment because you have legs like a kangaroo, all that jumping up and down in crowded clubs. And then you think, and this is where, you know, you differ from, like, everyone else, basically. Everyone, eight other billion people on the planet. You think, I know, I'll just smash through smash through the loo door with my thighs right and run for it which is exactly what you do and i thought brilliant what what do you think gives you that kind of you know no one else would have even thought of that i don't i was just like i need to get the hell away from these people so i literally just kicked the door as hard as possible and ran like hell and then i went down almost the wrong escalator i had to jump from the top of the escalator to the bottom and then i ran directly to the hilton hotel and I was like, please get me a cab, get me out of here. And then I went to the San Francisco Hilton. Um, but yeah, it's like when I see, just relive my life, especially reading this book, it's literally like something out of a film. Hilton Hotels being a sort of safe haven if you're a Hilton. Yes, we love Hilton. <laughs> yeah, cool. well, you work for Hilton now. Now, lots of people ha- have you wrong, and this book will definitely set them right. And it's a real eye-opener. It's a real eye-opener. It's a fantastic book. It's a, It's like one of the most striking... We read these for a living. We interview people that have written them, and some who haven't written them for a living. Um, and this is right up there. It really yeah. is right. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, one of the revelations in it is that you weren't the Hilton Hotel heiress, were you? That that is that is a misconception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've worked everything I've done. I've done on my own. I've never taken anything from my family since I'm 17 years old. Uh, but your mum and dad—they are successful uh, and they are wealthy. But that's because of a real estate company. Yes, <laughs> that's something that my grandfather always instilled from right. my great grandfather to my grandfather, and then passing it on to my father and to my sister and brothers. That hard work ethic and that things aren't just gonna be handed to you. And I think that's so important when raising a child because you can give them everything, but you'll just destroy them and spoil them. So I feel lucky that I was raised that way because I don't think I would be the businesswoman I am today if not. I didn't realize I bought a house from your dad. 
Really? And I bought um, Nicole's dad's old house on Oriel. Did you ever oh, go there? I grew up there. <laughs> Did you actually? <laughs> yes, I grew up there. Nicole and I snuck out of there many a nights. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I love it. that house. So I would say, I don't have any more. That's for so sure. nice. It was the best, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So it was the, the house that has the pool went into the main bedroom and it went into the kitchen. So you could get up in the morning, you could get out of bed, you could dive into the pool, swim through the garden from the bedroom and swim into the kitchen for a cup of tea. Did, so cool. did you do that? Oh, yeah, of course. Did you play on the tennis court? Yep. Did you stay in the guest house around the back? We were everywhere in that house. <laughs> the best, was Just it? exploring, having adventures, oh. so many fun memories. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And, and Brittany lived up the top in the cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. Wow. How is everyone now? Do you keep in contact with people? Do you keep... Everyone's doing really good. Yeah. I was just writing with Lindsay yesterday. Yeah. She's pregnant. I'm so excited for her. Yeah. And Brittany's happy and married. It's yeah. just like the Holy Trinity is all grown up. The Holy Trinity. Um, <laughs> will we see you back together again? Can you get an old McLaren from someone or a Mercedes McLaren from someone? To, that would be fun. For a big it. birthday or something like that. 25th anniversary, something like that. Oh, my like goodness. Um, what do you want to do? What is your intention? No expectations. What is what is your intention? What are your your objectives for the next few years? Do you think? I've just been focusing on building my media company, Eleven Eleven, and it's just exciting to do every business vertical, from having my own podcasting company, movie production company, television, metaverse, products, licensing. I'm about to release my thirtieth fragrance, doing my second album. <laughs> Um, so I am just... Your 13th fragrance, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yep. Wow. New skincare, new makeup. It's Come just... on, bring it on. I do it all. Wow, good for you. Like I said, you only live once. You've got to make the you most of it. You only live once. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you live like you, once is enough. Mm-hmm. That's the point, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Paris, the memoir. Thanks for joining us. Um, Paris is on the one show tonight. She's on this morning tomorrow. Great to see her. Thank you. This was so much fun. Good. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, congratulations on the book. It is such uh, an honest story. Thank you. Recollection, reflection.